From the Conquer Risk Podcast, this is the Potomac Book Club. Welcome to the first ever Potomac Book Club. I uh, got the whole gang together to um, review a book that we all read recently. Just some quick background. Uh, selfishly, I don't read and I wanted to read more. And uh, since I don't have any friends besides my kids, I decided to drag in everyone at work to come and join this book club. Essentially, the goal is for us to pick a book once every four to six weeks, uh, read it, obviously, discuss it amongst ourselves. if there's any key takeaways, and, uh, and then pass that book along to advisors, clients, industry contacts, uh, whoever we feel would benefit from this. So with that being said, this first book is actually a book, and Christopher, I think you were with me at this conference, the Riskalyze conference in 2019, uh, Horse Schultz. Uh, Excellence Wins is the name of the book, and he gave a presentation. He's the founder of um, Ritz-Carlton, or or I don't know if he founded it, but he's one of the um, CEO of Ritz-Carlton at the time. So it's about customer service, uh, and uh, we're big on that. And I've always toyed with signing everyone up for the Ritz-Carlton training, which at some point I might. I heard it's phenomenal. Um, and, and he had a lot of little free jewelry in this book. So we're going to toss it around and, and, uh, and see what everyone thinks about this and what your key takeaways. Uh, Christopher, since you were with me, let's start with you. What's, uh, what jumped out at you? You know, it, it, it was interesting to go back to it after reading it at that conference. And there was, there was one part that jumped out from, for me that I reread like three or four times. And it was, it was when he was talking about opening, the resort in um, in Jamaica, the, the Ritz-Carlton in Jamaica, and how he was warned going into it that the the community there was not going to be receptive to to their approach, to the way that they liked to do things, and and he was genuinely nervous going into it. And um, but he gave he gave his presentation that he always gives, and and didn't really know how it would be received about how they. You know, obviously bring excellence to everything. And the entire staff that they had hired um, came back the next day to start work. And every single one of them was was dressed up. They were wearing hats. They were, they they, for lack of a better uh, comparison, were like they were going to church. Um, and it was just immediate buy-in. And they were so excited for something that was different something that was unexpected for for that community that they were in and how that just immediately resonated. And it got me thinking about union and in the piece, Manish, that you wrote about why we started it in the first place and how it was born out of this idea that service is evaporating around the industry and advisors are getting left behind. And, and that just so closely resonated for me with what they did and what we're doing that it made me think about how we're marketing union and the way we're talking about it. And, and I was, I was inspired to the point where I just set the book down and I grabbed my computer and I wrote just a 90 second script that that's from my perspective as the marketing person, um, as to what union is and why I think it's unique and, and what I think it means for this team. And and I, I think that it could be the beginning of a series where, where all of us do this. We just sit down and have this very candid discussion that's not it's not a canned presentation. It's not it's not a commercial, it's not being funny like like we do in a lot of our ads. It's just a very kind of intimate moment of like that's what this means to me. 
And so I'm really excited to put that together because I think it could be something different for us, a different, it's, it's, it's when, when you, when you hear what I've written, it's very Potomac, but it's also very different from what we've done in the past. So that, that's exactly what I was hoping to get out of the book was, was an idea, something that inspired me to do something new. And that's where I ended up. Cool. I, that Jamaica part I thought was going to backfire because I got married in Jamaica. And yeah, I mean, you, you order something and you expect it to come on Jamaican time. So uh, I, I didn't yep. think it was going to end up like that. All right, cool. Thanks for the feedback. Martina, what's on your mind? I had the same exact moment, but I'm going to pick another one since I can't copy Christopher. But my favorite one, uh, apart from that one, was definitely the story of the businessman from um, Colorado that he was stuck um, with the snow and then he was trying to figure out a way to find a hotel. Um, but all of them were busy, of course. And then he was, he was like, okay, let me call the Ritz Carlton in Aspen. He was able to call them and they were able to help. And that just proves how they built this business to always in every single situation, go the extra mile for everyone, because this person wasn't even, um, a guest in the hotel but he they always try to go the extra mile for everyone because you never know that person you know can tell the story and of course the Ritz Carlton is um that only hotel that was able to help and that only person that was able to help so I felt like that was something special that I wish more companies in the world are able to do because that single story for that person was able to to create so much buzz around the company so i feel like that that was something you know you know what's funny what what's funny martina on that too is they from the book it said that they didn't even book them at another ritz they booked them at another hotel completely exactly um and so and they just helped out and that that actually that was on my list too because it resonated with me because i know jeff gets a lot of calls from advisors who are asking help with model portfolios and i see the notes in the system and then i see that they're not even a client um, and in some cases, they have no path to become a client, um, but we do it anyway. Uh, and so with that being said, Jeff, what stood out with you uh, in this book? Yeah, no, you, you hit the nail on the head, buddy. Uh, I, I literally had one of those situations this morning where, you know, it wasn't something that we could directly do. Um, but I was able to give the advisor some information and some direction and some assistance and it's just a phenomenal response that you get when you are willing to put in the time and effort when they know there's not necessarily an exact dollar coming into your pocket, right? That, that tells them something about the kind of people and entity that you, you are breeding. So uh, one of the things that stands out to me was actually from the prologue. It sounds funny, you know, the, the very beginning before the book even really starts. And he's, he's giving a little bit of his sort of background as a kid. And something that I've said in, in OCIO interviews is, well, I want to know what is the passion that drives the action. His statement, that's actually when he was going to high school, came out with that phrase, ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen, right? So it was that early on. Not everybody's that lucky to come up with something early, but it was, it, he knew he wanted to be in the hotel business, right? And he knew that he came up with this as writing one of, the, one of his papers. And it was so impactful that even though he had been told no by everyone in his family, you know, that just wasn't the thing to do. Go working in a hotel was a, you know, a demonstrative job. I, hang on. You know, Jeff, I don't, I, I, that, that part was hard for me to believe. Like who, who, 
who like you know grows up and dreams to be in the hotel business you know like, you know my good that, that stood out that stood out as <laughs> bullshit when I well i'll tell it. you so here's here's what it, it means to me I, I have a i have one friend who knew from as a kid he wanted to be a doctor i have another actually our best friends here their daughter from the time she was five or six, was in the pool nonstop, swimming all the time, went to school to be a marine biologist. I mean, some people are very fortunate, right? So to wrap this up, what, what, that, what that said to me is, again, I want to know what drives all of the action. For you and I and our team, it's about removing friction from the business. What can we do? And, and I said this the other day, and you just laughed at me like, dude, write that down. And it was in talking about our uh, process, right, building out this this you know, multi-strategist TAMP and some of the things we're doing. I said, we, we are doing everything we can to make it so simple. It requires a walkthrough, but not training. And, you know, it's those sorts of things. When you can find that little, that little tidbit, that, that drives so many decisions once you find the kernel of, of knowledge or, or, you know, impetus there. And so for me, it was the very beginning, but like I said, before the book even really started, whether it's real or not, I can't tell you, but obviously it stuck out to me. You know, well, it, it does beg the question if you just read the beginning and, and, and 10 minutes before this call and, and moved on, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that later. So, uh, All right, you'll so ask me for, another question. I get it. To, it's, it's, time, it, it's time to move to the, to the ladies that answer the phone at Potomac um, and to see exactly what, uh, what they took. Uh, these are going to be the folks that you probably talk to the most out there if you work with us. So I'm going to pick on Caitlin first. Caitlin, uh, what jumped out at you and what was your favorite part? Yeah, so I actually really enjoyed this book. It's it's not a book I would normally choose for myself, um, but I found a ton of really great takeaways being in client service myself. Um, one of the parts that I thought uh, was was pretty helpful that he had brought up and, and gave some good suggestions on in his book was how to handle complaints um, because it doesn't matter – how good you are uh, at your job. Their complaints are inevitable. They're always going to come up. Um, so he said, um, when a client comes to you with a complaint, it doesn't matter if you're the person at fault, if it's a completely different department that's at fault, you need to own the mistake. Never say they or them or try to put it on someone else. Let them know that you hear them, you understand um, and, and, and give a sincere apology. Um, sometimes I know it's easy to let ego get in the way. And if you disagree with, you know, something a client says, it's, it's easy to make an excuse and, and try to, um, you know, just uh, let them know how you feel about it. But, but that's not what they want, and that will actually probably make them more angry. Um, so if you just let them know that you hear them, uh, take responsibility, uh, let them know you're sincerely, you know, you sincerely apologize for the for the mistake, and then just give them, you know, just just a brief explanation of what happened, not an excuse, but just let them know um, the the reason of why that occurred. And, and he said most of the time the client will be happy with with that. They really Really don't want anything in return they just they just want to feel heard um, so I thought that that was a good takeaway for me and you know um, for anyone else that is in the client service industry or customer service industry um, and in any kind of field um, so yeah I like the soup Nazi customer service approach 
<laughs> no soup for you. Get out of my stuff. Uh, I guess you guys are probably too young to, to yeah, watch Seinfeld. But anyway, um, yeah, that was uh, some. Yeah, everyone's lost except for the grandpa uh, laughed. I'm not so lost. I got, I got something yeah, I in there. So uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Chelsea, what's going on? Tell me what uh, what jumped out at you. So the part that I took away was not really related to customer service, but um, I liked the story where he they had a system to hire people and for example the bellmen if they found that the bellmen generally liked working outdoors and gardening and um that those traits typically made a good bellman and if you generally liked cleaning up after somebody then or cleaning up other people's messes then you made a good housekeeper um i like how they did that and then the story where he wanted to hire two of his friends because they worked well together and everything previously and then he hired them against that protocol that they didn't fit the characteristics of I think it was general manager um he hired him anyway and it didn't work out so I kind of just thought that that was interesting how they had that system to find characteristics in certain people for certain jobs. Yeah, and, and Jen, Jen and I, yeah, I mean, Jen and I, when we, uh, every time we, you know, do an interview, and we did this with you, Chelsea, at the end of the interview, Jen's like, you know, did did they send a thank you email? You know, did they, you know, get on Zoom and do the camera? Like, there's steps that you go through to, to time, you know, it's not it's not as professional and efficient as, as this, like, you know, doing the testing and all that stuff, but, uh, but yeah, that was that was a good part. So with that being said, Jen, uh, what uh, what do you got? I think from a customer service, client service, uh, there was a lot of takeaways as far as going above and beyond. And I think you know some of the examples you've already given have definitely shown that we as a firm do try to go above and beyond and not just try to worry about the bottom line, but really try to help people and and hope that it it comes back to us in some way. My main takeaway was actually the same thing as Chelsea with the success profile um, that they, you know, when they interviewed, when they interviewed Dormans and they found that they loved the outdoors and they found that they um, loved gardening. And we have had some different operations hires over the years. And I feel like the, the profile, the success profile is finally kind of cementing itself in my head a little bit, seeing the different traits. And that I can kind of tell now, I don't know how to formulate questions quite yet to ask, um, but it seems like there's definitely common traits in people that are going to be great customer service and great at paperwork. And one of the examples is the, the promptness of a thank you after the inter interview. Um, I think that shows that that person is going to be on top of the job, on top of the reps, on top of the clients. And the other things is every successful operations person that we have had has been very neat, does not like clutter, is very organized. They like their house organized. Wait, 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 wait. Your 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 fucking desk is like ninety nine post-its. <laughs> but they're but they're color coordinated. They're organized. Yeah, they're color coordinated. Okay, I missed that. I'm sorry. Color coordinated yes. post-its is for the win. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, anything else? Are you good? Um, one last thing. I do feel like in the past, like uh, sometimes 
like in the example, when he hired his friends, we look at referrals thinking that holds more weight than these personality traits. And so that whole chapter on the success profile really brought that to light because we have been hiring a lot more people with, with our recent growth. Yeah, no, it. good point. Cool. Well, so my big takeaway uh, from at least my position at the company was the, the story about the food uh, getting late and how they went through the whole process and couldn't figure out why the food kept getting late. Then they interviewed everyone and the waiters and the elevator and the housekeepers, and it finally came back to management that they weren't ordering enough linens. So the housekeepers had to stop the elevator at each floor to swap out the linens, and that was what delayed it. And so for me, that's always like, look, you know, as you put tools into place, yes, you can save a couple bucks and, and maybe not put a certain piece of software in place for your staff or, or not have all the equipment, you know, monitors, webcams, whatever it may be. And, and then that might make you feel good because your bottom line is better and you're cutting expenses. Um, but what's that saying? Penny wise, pound foolish. Like you might end up hurting yourself in the end. And so, so that was one of the, the big takeaways for me is, you know, as you approach any business, um, you know, make sure you're equipping people with the with the right things that they need to, to run their show. I think this is a great book for advisors. I think it's a great book for the staff at advisory firms to read. Uh, and I would uh, definitely recommend everyone take a look. We will randomly select nine people to ship this out to. Um, hopefully, uh, if you're not on this list, you'll be at the next one. We're going to do this every, I don't know, four to six weeks, depending on our schedule. And uh, we hope you enjoyed our review of Excellence Wins. Is that the name? Yeah, Excellence Wins. Um, this will be posted on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, smash that like button. Let us know if you have any feedback. This was supposed to be an internal uh, discussion and uh, last minute curveball. I decided to record it um, for content. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you everyone for watching and we'll see you Thanks. later. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. 